Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this is our Q&A show. Can you become someone different, and should you? I think this really gets to the root of personal development and self-help. And what do I mean by that? I mean, no matter what you do, what I do, I, I'll still wake up the next day as Kevin, but will I act and do and behave and perform the same? If I increase or decrease my abilities, do I become someone different? I mean, in truth, yes, as it alters how others and I experience myself. It's the difference of how others will label me and ultimately I'll label myself. Am I smart or dumb? Well, it depends on the topic and what I've pursued education in. Am I strong or weak? Well, I have the ability to alter that for sure. Am I patient and tolerant or a jerk? If I become more patient, do I become someone else? I mean, you've probably seen a movie or experienced in real life, someone who everyone knew and you don't see them for a decade. And when you do see them next, they look totally different. They hold themselves differently. They act differently. They're really different inside and out. Their DNA, of course, is the same. Their name may be the same. They may even have some of the same characteristics and mannerisms, but goodness, I mean, they are different. To a great degree, they become someone different. Well, in show 675, I had a significant conversation with Rock Thomas, who has a goal cast video with over 100 million views, and it's titled How to Change the Way You See Yourself. In the show that we did, you'll hear that if you change the way you see yourself, you truly do become a different person on so many levels. So from this, I wanted, to, of course, to hear from you, the Ziegler listeners, and I asked this question on Facebook. Do you honestly believe you can change how you see yourself and from that actually be someone different to a degree. And wow, it opened the floodgates. You'll hear some harsh realities that people have overcome from pondering suicide to just loving life. Now I had rock join me to talk through the submissions and it was flat out profound and inspiring. We could make our own goal cast video, I think, out of the content. So get ready for a ride. And also, you can check out Rock's book, The Power of Your Identity, and get it free and take his life ass assessment at rockthomas.com. Okay, friends, here I bring you Rock Thomas as he and I talk through your comments again to the question, do you honestly believe you can change how you see yourself and from that actually be someone different to a degree? Well, Rock, this question really hit to the core. I'm, I'm glad I asked it the way I did because I love what came back from folks. And I think we'll cover anything and more that I had hoped to. And I'm eager to sit here as a student and get your feedback. So uh, if you're ready, we'll roll. Let's roll. All right. Evan here. He says, uh, as far as, you know, can you be somebody different? Yes. Our perspective shapes how we view and interact with the world around us, how we view ourselves. Our internal narrative gives us that perspective. Uh, he says, growing up, I had a very fixed mindset wherein I assumed my qualities, abilities, et cetera, were all fixed without the possibility of much change or improvement. I've adopted more of a growth mindset over the past few years. So I approach things much differently. I see qualities and skills as being fluid with opportunity for improvement and growth. Love that. I was right away enamored with that internal narrative rock because I, I I've experienced it myself admittedly and seen it in other people where, you know, that internal narrative, it lives there because we think it is just the culmination of what we've been. It, it's that it's truth. It's reality. And we believe that, uh, and coming off of that, it feels almost disingenuous to say, Oh, so I'm just supposed to see myself different all of a sudden. And it, 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 it just, I'll, I'll go with that word disingenuous. I, I'm sure you, uh, uh, you know, encounter people who feel that way. How, how can I, this is, this is reality. 
So speak to that. So we've all heard the, the, the phrase, you know, look before you leap. He who is, he who hesitates is lost, right? Lost. Um, what about practice makes? Perfect. So some of these are true and some of them I, I would vow to say are not true. Okay. I think practice doesn't make perfect. I think practice makes permanent. Hmm. If you practice okay. over and over again a bad golf swing, you're not going to become better. You're going to groove in a slice or a hook or something like that. What we need is we need to redefine ourselves and we do it as children. You go, we act as if we're that person. We act as if we're Michael Jordan or Wayne Gretzky or Roger Federer and we embody that person. And if we do it enough, we actually step into the behavior. And I think it's um, Socrates who said, you become what you repeatedly do. So if we want to redefine ourselves, then it's a behavior. It's not just a thought, but because thoughts create behavior, I would invite people to start with the seed of a vision of what you ultimately want to be. And I'll give you an example. I was a farm boy turned salesperson turned entrepreneur. I didn't believe I had what it took, but somebody looked me in the eye and said, you can become this with the right exposure. Put yourself into the arena, you transform. If you watch any great athlete, Roger Federer struggled for a while as a tennis player, and then he started to come in on the serves more and attack them more. He adapted, he redefined himself, and he still is a champion today. So do I believe you can repackage yourself, you can create lasting change? A hundred percent. I bought a book by Tony Robbins before I went on vacation years ago, and I looked at one page, page 218 in the Unlimited Power. One column was a list of negative words, the other one positive. And it said, tired, recharging, bored, excited. And as I read the words, I felt differently. Hmm. Say to yourself, I am bored, or say to yourself, I am excited. Mm -hmm. Embody it physically, like I'm excited, man, I'm so excited. Or I'm bored and you start to become it. I went on that vacation. I ran on the beach every day telling myself every day and everywhere I'm getting stronger and stronger. Instead of heading to the bar with the guys and and drinking after golf every day, I started to sculpt my body and become a different person. And that led to me becoming a speaker and an author and a trainer. I reinvented myself dozens of times. I'm dyslexic. I can't spell properly. I've written three books. So it comes down to a rage burning desire for mastery and then a level of passionate curiosity marry those two transformation happens okay obviously and that's our focal point so i'm just going to hit it from different directions as people respond to the question joe pellerito here he says Yes to the question. I grew up with high self-criticality, unsure of self, felt pretty lost, played it safe, difficult to sum up. But after growing self-awareness, finding perceived limits, then breaking those limits and changed how I saw myself. Now, so that's how he's saying yes, and that's his experience. But then he also answered, I thought this is interesting. He said, but then no, there are core tendencies slash wiring that will likely always be a part of me, but I notice them sooner. When I notice, I can do something about it, especially in how it might impact the people around me. Over time, new habits become well-trodden and more like second nature equals new self. I'm glad I'm not the person I used to be. Also thankful for the lessons that it taught me. 
So in that he's saying yes and no, but to, I guess to that point of there are core tendencies or wiring that will always be a part of me. Where would you land on that? Yeah, I think it's well said. I think that that's why we do behavioral tests like um, the Myers-Briggs or the DISC model is to see our core tendencies. We have an innate way of being. I have two daughters. One is incredibly outgoing and the other one's very, very introverted. One likes to laugh and smile and hug and touch all the time. The other one's like, get away from me. Don't touch, like, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. So there's a core tendency and that was from a very young age. That being said, I think that harnessing it in my book, Your Epic Life Blueprint, Chapter 3, I talk about, you know, sharpen your skills and, and live into your talents, your, your gifts. So a skill might be something like, you know, you can learn how to speed type or read faster, remember names or um, public speaking. And that's something you can learn. A gift or a talent might be that you're really good with people or you're compassionate. So find out who you are develop your talents, nurture them, and then look for the skills that will enhance that. Michael Jordan, for instance, they said, you know, you're not a very good defensive player. Well, he's a good player. He then focused on those parts and became a better defensive player. Mm -hmm. He was challenged and he gave it energy and attention. So no, maybe he couldn't be a great accountant. Uh, It's very possible but he can develop within the context of what he's doing and then love, fall in love with your core tendencies. Like I'm an obsessive person. I'm an intense person. You know what that's great for building businesses. Uh-huh. Cause when I get hold of something, I drive it and I drive it relentlessly until I get what I want and nothing will stop me. That's not so good when you're going to be eating a bag of popcorn. I get to the bottom of that bag, whether I need to or not. Yeah. So sometimes I need to somebody serve me half the bag. Yes, I understand that endurance has always been a skill set of mine. It's great when you're a professional cyclist. It's not always so good when you have some bad relational skills that you endure and do not fix. I, you know, I want to, yeah, I want to go to, you said multiple times in, in what you just spoke, uh, the word skills, talents, and like you said, maybe Michael Jordan couldn't have been a great accountant. I, I do want to hit that because I'm sure you've seen some people who are they're trying to become something different, but it's so out of context for their skills, talents, giftings, ability. And you've got the old cliched story of, of, of the duck trying to be a monkey. That's going to be really hard, which you're coming back to and say, there are still some, can I say, parameters, boundaries, framework of what you can be within again, skills, talents, and giftings. But if you speak a little bit of that, because I know there's a lot of folks who have had a hard time, but they probably errantly tried to be something that, uh, that didn't even line up. Yeah, I mean, if we all judged a fish by how a fish could climb a tree, right. then it would be a complete failure. But put it into a context where you know it has the skills or the talents or the need abilities, then it can thrive in that area. And I think that's awareness. It's a journey of personal development. So I wasn't born a great speaker, but I was very passionate about helping other people. And I developed the ability to read body language and eye movement and watch tonality and breathing and different things that I was trained that became a skill set. I wasn't born with that. and It's not a talent. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Program, tells you how to read people because the body is telling you what's going on on the inside. So I learned how to read that and therefore I can affect or I can be in rapport with people better 
And then that became an ability. And then I was able to monetize it through coaching. And I was able to create the path of, of, of changing lives. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really simple. Don't, don't get complicated is find out what your natural, what you love, what you, what do you love doing? Where does time disappear? That's probably where you're talented. And what would enhance that? What skill set do you need? Like I can, I can stack a dishwasher very quickly, as silly as that sounds, mm -hmm. because I lived in a family where we had so many chores to do things. It was better if you were fast at things. So I learned how to be very aware of how to do it in two hands and carry things and plan things. So some people just aren't even aware. Like I have some guests come to my house and I look at how they stack my dishwasher. I'm like, you have not been trained. Uh -huh. It's like, there's four things get fit in that dishwasher. I could fit 42 of them because mm -hmm. my father taught me that the, what costs water and soap, et cetera. So I think people really need to just understand the difference between a skill and something they're innately talented and have a tendency toward. Yes. I appreciate my kids will listen to this and appreciate the dishwasher story because they've gotten taught at that angle, buddy. It's not going to get clean. Tilt it. Right. Okay. All right. I want to go to, and again, these are in the order just of how they came in candidly. So we're not going down one continual thread here. You mentioned earlier just about in essence, you know, motive and desire and hunger with all of this. So I'm going to throw in here. This is from Roddy Purcell. He says, uh, growth and evolution are necessary. Perspective is everything. We become what we think and do. I went from Virginia to Florida to Arizona from a stay at home a mother to business partner and associate broker of our award-winning lady owned and operated real estate and property management family business. Oh, in Phoenix, your area. Uh, the idea and concept of someone else running this business or selling what my mother-in-law built pushed my perspective to what I could become a growth and gratitude mindset has pushed uh, and is pushing me further than I expected. My next level is either a business management certification or my MBA. For me, it's the positive self-talk, perseverance, focus, and goal setting. It's about 180 from my previous life. I'm full on self-sufficient. My kids are, and my amazing husband has made the transition more attainable. So great story, great testimony. I was curious on what she said though. The idea of someone or concept, someone else running this business or selling what uh, my mother-in-law built pushed my perspective to what I could become. How often does a big goal or a big commitment, I, I would say to uh, maybe help uh, as a catalyst to help people do those, make those changing behaviors that they would like to, but don't have not found the motive to do have not found enough hunger to do. Uh, do you, is that part of your, you know, counsel set a big goal, make a big commitment that will help force you to, is that a relevant perspective. Yeah, it's it's very relevant. In fact, we we talk about creating a compelling future right. and I talk about filling your calendar with things that excite mm -hmm. you. So, maybe you can't go to Peru but it's on your list. Put it in your calendar for next year. And that gives you 12, 14, 16 months and now every day you have a consciousness around it and you're like, "Okay, I need to save $5 a day or $50 a week." And it's going to pay for the trip. And I'm excited about it. And you talk about it and you research around it and you see it's possible because you, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. But what most people do is the opposite is they go, you know, if I have a good year, I'll go to Peru. It never it doesn't work that way. When I bought my real estate company, I had to sell my house and sell one of my cars. I had to deed over all my sales that were coming up that year to pay for the down payment. And I was hyper-focused. I was alive. I woke up. There was no room for illness. There was no room to be tired. There was no room to not be interested because there was so much on the line. So how do you motivate yourself? 
is put big, hairy goals in front of yourself and make commitments and declarations. I would say to my children, I'm going to take you to Disney World when daddy makes 40 sales. And every night I'd come home if the kids were still up and they would run to the door, daddy, 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 did you sell the house? Did you sell the house? And what do you think happened to me when I was out with a client, belly to belly with that client? I knew my kids were going to going to be at the door. Yeah. They want me to say, oh no, daddy failed again. Or did I stay patient? Was I focused? Was I, you know, was I in rapport with people? Was I able to influence? Was I able to come to a conclusion that was win-win? And I'm not talking about forcing the sale. If it was meant to be, that it was going to be. And then I got to come home victorious. So I set myself up for a bright future. And then I had to live into it. And by the way, that's really what athletes do is they go, okay, I've just been drafted into the NFL. They had the draft a couple of days ago, drafted in. Now I've got to play at what? A higher level. And therefore the juices start to flow. The excitement, the discipline is no longer discipline. It's who I am. I am an NFL player. Now I am a new England Patriot and this is how I behave. And it becomes easier not easy, but easier because you know all of a sudden this is this is the level I play at. Okay, I got a question for you. I'll read a really short one here first, though. Jennifer says, I think anyone can change how they see themselves at any time and therefore act different, but no one can be different. Uh I'll, I'll I'll just I'll just leave that again. I think there's that aspect still that we fell on here of the belief that can I really, of course, I think people do believe that they think they can act different with this is the personal development industry that we're in and people can look at that and go, yeah, I know I can do some different things and I can probably have some different outcomes. That's what I'm here from. But to actually, can I really be different? I think that's where I keep hearing these threads of doubt. I don't know if I, I can, I can get some different results. Actually, can I really, I see you smiling. Just go with that. Well, I mean, if the person believes they can't be different, then they can't be different. And they'll be right. Right? What did yeah. Ford say? Whether you can or you can't, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Believe you can or you can't, you're right. So I think that that starts there. I can only come from my experience. And I'll tell you one experience I had was my father was a very serious German guy. And I grew up very serious. And I wanted to learn on being more playful. And I was not that playful or serious. So I practiced while I was vacuuming at home or cutting the lawn. I practiced goofy smiles. Just goofy smiles. Yeah, I'm seeing it. <laughs> On my own, right? Yeah. Just for 15, 20 minutes, two or three times a week. Yeah. And over time, people started to tell me, Rock, you seem so happy. You, you know, like, you know, and I was lighter and I was making jokes and I was responding differently. So I believe I shifted. I could have also said, no, I am this way. By the way, the first book I wrote is called The Power of Your Identity. Mm -hmm. The words that follow, I am, follow you. And the strongest force in human nature is for our desire to remain consistent with how we describe ourselves. So if you say, I can't change who I am, then you believe that's who you are. But then I have a question for people. If you grew up and your mother or father said to you, you're lazy, or you know, you're, you, you, you're messy, or you're a slob, or, you know, you just, you, you don't, you're not very friendly with people, whatever it is. They gave you that label. Is that who you are then? That's like they anointed you. Yeah. Or was it a suggestion that you reinforce with an inner narrative? And then you started to believe because you accumulated enough evidence 
that that's who you are. You went to a party, you were tired, you didn't feel like talking. And somebody says, oh, don't worry. You know, she won't talk. She's shy. And you went, yeah, I'm shy. So I don't talk. And then you reaffirmed it. So I believe, yes, you can shift who you are. Does it take energy? 100%. It does because you have references and files in your brain that says you are that way. Yeah. You have to move them with energy and emotion and install new ones. So that's my take. Oh, on it's that. great. And I've got one for you right along the lines of what you just said, Rocky. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Amber Hendrickson, she says, uh, I believe we see ourselves from a young age through the lens of our parents, siblings, teachers, close friends, and that is how we begin our beliefs about ourselves. As we get older, we can change who we are to a large extent by changing who we are around and the expectation those people have for us. Her experience, okay, he's rocks cheering, folks, if you can't, if you can't see him. Um, she says, my personal experience, I grew up in a very small town in the middle of nowhere, about 1,200 people, including farm surroundings, and had a lot of family on both sides in, in the area and in my life. We went to school school with the same kids from kindergarten through 12th building 12th in the same building. I don't regret growing up that way, but having that many people who care about you, uh, always, uh, in your life shapes who you think you are and who you try to be. As an adult, I moved out to Colorado knowing almost no one in the whole state. And for the first time in my life, I love how she says this. I got to experiment with who I wanted to be, how I wanted to behave and what I wanted to do. It was amazing. I realized I was trying to be a person for my community back home. And when I got the courage to dump that expectation, I was able to finally find me, the person I was put on this earth to be. There's I love it. Okay. Love it. Who's that? Amber? Amber. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. I mean, I don't think I need to say anything to that. I think that's perfectly said. I mean, I would add this just as a nuance is we are not who we think we are. We behave how we think other people think yeah. we should behave. So you walk, just go back to your high school reunion to watch what happens yeah. and watch how you're triggered to, you know, you were the nerd back in school. And then all of a sudden you go back to your high, high school reunion and you feel like the nerd again. You see the cool kid, you see the cheerleader, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, she changed her environment and she was able to change and experiment with who she thought she was. Nobody had any expectations because they didn't know her. And then she was able to have some new experiences. Now, that being said, is you'll often, there's a saying is that wherever you go, you bring you with you. Mm. So you may need to do some work to have it be sustainable because there's the law of familiarity as we go back to what we're familiar with. Some people that were abused by their parents go into abused relationships other people that worked hard like I did always seek hard work. So we go back not to our comfort zone to but what we're familiar with. I, and I want to ask you on her again, going back to the aspect of helping uh, this journey of belief that I can be something different and, and, and mo well, no, just on that pretty much how relevant in your counseling and your guidance rock, do you, how relevant is that changing of the environment of finding a different environment, whether that's literally moving to a new place or finding a new group of friends or disassociating yourself from the current environment. Give us some thoughts on that. Imagine two fish tanks, dirty one, clean one, take the dirty fish out of the tank, put it into the clean tank, swims around, the dirt comes off of it and it's immediately cleaned immediately. It just moves a little bit and it's clean because the environment is clean. It stays there 
and the environment's constantly being clean because it's a healthy environment, that, that fish will have difficulty getting dirty. Take it out of the clean environment, aka a seminar for a weekend, mm -hmm. and bring it back and drop it back into the dirty environment. Just by moving, it picks up the dirt, the toxicity, the low standards, the negativity of the environment, and it has to work really hard. It's got to go back into its little corner, brush itself off, and it just moves around. And so how, how important is environment? Probably 95% yeah. of the work you do is going to be your environment. Okay. That's a huge one. Obviously. I mean, that's for, for everybody listening to that. If you feel like you're in an environment that's dirty or even just not conducive. Now you made a big differentiation there, but even one that's just not motivating. That's not, that's, it, can you have a neutral environment somewhere in the, in the middle where people are, it's not terrible. It's not dirty, but it's not, uh, it's not helping. It's you can, you can, but you know, this as well as I do is that you're either growing or you're dying. So a neutral environment okay. is so rare. There's some, there's some direction that you're going in. Even if you're not exercising, gravity is having its effect on you, so you're moving backwards. You might think you're not moving backwards, but you are because you're aging and you're not utilizing your muscles and your God-given talents. So I would say that, you know, obviously the, the fish tanks is a metaphor mm -hmm. and the dirt is just whatever. Hang around people that swear a lot, you'll probably swear a lot. Hang around people that eat Bananas, you'll probably eat bananas a lot. Hang around people that, you know, kick the curb or litter. It just, it's, it is what it is because the human spirit wants to connect and belong so badly that it has a tendency to do the same thing. Okay. That's, yeah, that's significant. And I, I really appreciate you saying that there's no neutral environment because I think there are a lot of people who think, you know, things aren't that bad but they're not that good. And I'm afraid that's where we see these continual testimonies to numbness, to depression, to just meh. It's the meh life. You know, there was a movie my kids saw and it had the, the meh emoticon. Uh, that's, that's not one I want any association with at all. Hey, here's one though, uh, rock on, I'm going to put it in the belief category on, on addressing that. It's a, a significant story. Tony uh, Banny, he says, I can still remember being 17 years old, having a 357 strapped to my waist. It's late in the evening and we are waiting for a rival gang's drive-by. At that point, I distinctly remember saying to myself that this was my life and I was content to die honorably next to my friends. I'm 46 now and that kid died a long time ago, but uh, only after I was willing to believe he has in quotes that I could be something else armed with that truth. I set off on a new series of adventures and faced many struggles to become different. There's still a very faint whisper of that guy, but I am definitely someone else. Now I actually asked him rock on Facebook. I said, Hey, what Tony, what happened between I was content to die honorably next to my friends and believing I could be someone else. And Tony goes on to share. He says, I started listening to my pastor at church and I was drawn to Keith Green's music, Christian music artist. If, if folks don't know him, uh, and hearing about the Lord and my zeal for Jesus, my desperation to find eternal love, purpose, and truth all came crashing together to gently lovingly and lovingly, and sometimes relentlessly to form who I am today. Well, that says a lot right there, obviously on his journey, but I thought again on that belief aspect that there was a motive for him. How often do you find, and I know we talked about in the habit show that we did together about spirituality and stuff, that this is a, a higher power, or even just a higher purpose, something to live for beyond self. Where do you see that integrating with this message of change? 
Well, I think what's invisible is far more important than what's visible. And the inner narrative is the, fi- you know, is the final frontiers. What are you choosing to absorb? I like to say to people, your voice is your choice. And you can create any conversation with yourself that you want, or you can leave it up to chance and to the people that have installed some of the conversation in your mind. I, one of my coaches, he, when I say something that isn't particularly empowering, he'll go, whose voice is that? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, whose voice was that? I go, oh, um, actually, that's probably my father's voice or mm. my teacher's voice or my stepbrother's voice. And I go, he goes, well, then your voice is your choice. So you could choose to change that and install a different phrase. So for me, I think the spiritual journey is really the one we're on. We just get so caught up in the materialistic world. And because the brain is fighting to survive and often it's complex with tax laws and infrastructure and jobs and all that rarely do, unfortunately, rarely do people pull themselves above those first two Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is food and shelter. And they're just bobbing for air. And that's really become my mission is to help people get out of the rat race so that they can evolve to a place where they have time to meditate and they have time to pray and they have time to do the things that are going to create a sense of awareness. They can start to really understand who they are and what their purpose and intention on this planet is. Okay. Hey, I'm going to keep rolling on these. Tosh Stewart here. She says hundred percent. Once upon a time, life kicked me to the cold, lonely curb and left me there to die. I hated the world I created and everything I became. I saw no way out. So I decided to kill myself. My life used to be hell on earth, but I found the way out. I've also discovered the, a path to creating my own heaven on earth. Now I spend my life trying to show others the way she stopped there. And I actually went on to ask her, I said, what caused the turning point for you, Tosh? And she says, when I was at my lowest point in the mental hospital, I grabbed a hold of declarations. Thanks to someone who brought me an article on such. And after many counselors, treatment centers, psychologists, books, etc., I decided to give declarations a try. I had nothing to lose. Long story short, they worked like magic for my life. Unexplainable, remarkable, out of this world results. And now I understand the power behind our words is faith behind our words. That's our focal point here. Faith needs, uh, feeds on the impossible. Of course, I didn't understand the process at that time in my life, but you don't have to understand the process in order for it to work for you. I spoke what I wanted my future to be and miraculously gave birth to it in my life. It's been 12 years since then. And I still follow the same system for, she has in quotes, birthing my future. Wow. You got some really switched on people in your community, man. Yes. Um, yes I don't need do. to add a lot to that either. I think it was very well said. I say words create our world. Yeah. And your voice is your choice. And everything you make up in your mind is made up in your mind anyway. So why not dial into an empowering channel? And what you really need are practices, like okay. quality questions you can ask yourself or a gratitude practice. And, you know, I wake up here, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and I purposefully, um, I'm grateful. I, I get up on my bike around you know, early in the morning, I bike to the golf course. Um, how awesome is that? I can bike six minutes to the golf course. They have my clubs waiting for me. I jump on a cart, I go practice, and I go out and play on this pristine course. I walk down the middle of the fairway and I go, I own this golf course because today I own it. Yeah. It's been manicured for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I see the gardeners and the guys cutting the lawn and I'll high five them and I'll thank them for taking care of this property for me. 
So I have a practice of gratitude as much as possible. I get back on my bike and I go, God, I'm so lucky. I get to have a body at 56 that can cycle, that can move, that wants to move. So I'm creating my inner narrative on an ongoing basis. And when you feel good, what happens? Mm -hmm. Most of the time you feel like doing things. Mm -hmm. When you feel crappy, you don't feel like doing things. So the more you can get yourself to feel good by creating a great story in your mind, the more you'll do, the more you do, you'll feel good. You can contribute to others, make a difference, be healthy, energized. So it really is, you know, this, this ripple effect. Okay. I'm going to ask about uh, something more on that, but this uh, next question lines up with it. So I'll, I'll read it to Mary says here, uh, when I married my first husband, he beat me regularly for 13 years. I was convinced I was worthless and deserved every bit of it. It wasn't until I realized my children were watching that I decided I had to do something. It took me a year after I forced him to leave at gunpoint, no less, before I changed my self-talk from I am fat and ugly and no one else will want me to I am comfortable with who I am to change my entire life outlook and destiny. If you'd told me then when I was working three fast food jobs to try to support myself and my children, as well as my, my ex-husband, uh, to now getting a degree in education with a successful career and on to owning my own business and being a public speaker, I would have said you were nuts. Everyone has the capacity to change their life. As Tom Ziegler says in his new book, choose to win. It's all about the choices we make. I choose to see myself in a different way because I was afraid I would die and leave my children with nothing but violence and hurt. And talk about motive. That wasn't the direction I was going, but that's some significant. I love that as a, as a, as an avatar for motive. You know, I'll ask you to speak on that though. I did have a, you know, they both talked, uh, gosh, what was her name? Atash. She talked about declarations, you know, declaring things. Mary talked about self-talk cards. Of course, that's classic Zig Ziglar self-talk cards, sit in front of the mirror, talk to yourself. And I wanted you to speak just again on that, on that, on the power of our self-talk. Cause, and I'll be honest with that rock. I spent a lot of time knowing that I should be thinking better things about myself and it's internal, but to actually voice them, to speak them, I mean, you write them down. However, that is to come out was a, was it's a bigger, it's a bigger thing. We know that writing those goals down. So, um, I guess asking you to speak on the power of actually committedly speaking or writing those declarations down the self-taught cards, how powerful that specific exercise is one. And then two, yeah, the relevance of finding again, that motive, that avatar. I love her, her pain point that she ended there with. And I know it's been the same for me. A lot of times there's things that I've done because looking forward, I said, I'm not okay. If this is what happens down the road, or if this doesn't happen down the road. And she says, I'm not okay uh, to leave my children with nothing but violence and hurt That's a kicking motivation. Well, a lot of great stuff in that. Number one is we will do more for others than we will for ourselves. So mm. when you recognize that, mm. you you make those the same way I said, you know, take my kids to Disney World. It gave me the leverage to be more focused and to, and to give meaning to the sale each sale is going to make. As far as the declarations are concerned, I learned this at Tony Robbins 19 years ago, and it changed my life. And I, what I, people say to me, what is the best thing that you got? from Tony Robbins, two things. I'll sum it up in two things. Number one, change your peer group. We've talked about that before, environment. And number two is what he calls incantations, which is affirmations using your body. So I still do it consistently today. When I get on my bike and go to the golf course, I just declare it out loud. I'm out live. I'm gifted, guided, grateful, powerful, passionate, playful, happy, healthy, 
and I make the I bold statements. And then I go, I'm healthy. I'm a ripped athletic machine. I get to cycle to the golf course. I use my body whenever I can. I nourish it with water as much as possible. And I go on a rant, just on a rant based on what I value. And when you do it over and over and over again, you shift your belief system about yourself, which wraps up everything you're talking about today. So if you change your peer group, put yourself into an environment where people have the values and the standards that you desire, and you make these declarations or affirmations or incantations, you, I believe, will truly shift your core being as much as you possibly can. I mean, you, so I want to speak to that as you have your personal rant and you're saying those things, I, we've had absolute you know, direct feedback and saying, I, I can't get myself to say that thing because I am not, it feels right. di- again, just back to that disingenuous. Um, would you say do, do it anyways, or is there, can we, can we start with a, I am becoming that? I mean, yes. okay. Yeah, tell us, tell us about that. Speak to yeah, that. Though. You're, you're right on the right track. Um, and you you know, the answer, but, um, we'll verbalize it is. You say things like, let's say you're not healthy, or let's say you're overweight, or say you're not financially well off. You don't say, I'm a millionaire. What you say is, every day in every way, I'm managing my money better. I'm making better decisions. I'm attracting better opportunities. I'm starting to feel lucky. Why not me? That's right. Good things are happening. So you start to romance, what I call romance your new identity. Start to flirt with it. Start to tempt it. And, you know, every day in every way, I feel like getting up and going for a walk. Give yourself the suggestion. Give yourself the command. Give yourself the opening. You may not feel like it, but if you tell yourself, I love waking up in the morning and jumping out of bed and doing 10 jumping jacks. It makes me feel alive and young. If you say that, you're going to have a much better chance of doing it than going, oh, my God, I'm not a morning person. I don't feel like getting up. I'm so tired. Okay, that's what it is change the inner narrative and give yourself the opportunity. So yeah, romance it. Don't say, you know, I have everything I want in my life and I'm happy when you're depressed. It's not going to work. You have to connect the frequency of what you're saying because we are frequency beings, right? We're electronic machines with what you want to harmonize with. Yeah. So you, you identify it and then you move toward it. Okay. Here's, here's a good one. Uh, it's pretty in depth. Kyle, he says, I know we can change to be better or worse. I've experienced both, but as far as seeing yourself different, I believe there, here comes the hard part, whether it's, we have become a worse person and we refuse to see that we're a bad person or it's that we have tried to become a better person and have, but we still see ourselves as the person we used to be, or we still see ourselves as the person that we've been told we are stupid, lazy, good for nothing. You said these words a little bit ago, we'll never amount to anything worthless or whatever. So I, he said, I believe we truly change to, to truly change. We have to be completely honest with who we are. If we are a bad person, we have to realize that and admit it to ourselves. Uh, if we think we are a good person and we're really not, and, and we don't think we have anything to change, that's not help. So once we have been a hundred percent honest with ourselves as to the type of person we are, whether good or bad, then we know what to change in my own life. He says, as of late, I have noticed a significant change because I finally admitted myself that I wasn't 
the good person I thought I was. I've always been told that personal development will help. So regardless of who you are, it helps. And even after I first started listening to personal development, I still thought, how can this really help me? But very soon after I started listening on a daily basis, I started to realize exactly how much it showed me that I needed what I needed to change about myself. And now a year or two years down the road, I've been able to change those things to truly and hopefully be a better person. I appreciated that rock and wanted your take on that aspect of getting honest at the beginning. So if people are feeling disingenuous and they, they feel uncomfortable with this, where do you put that? Is there a personal reckoning that you would advise of getting clear and aware of where, who, where are you right now? How, how do you, how do you stand? I think there's a key distinction here okay. is we are not our behavior. So somebody could, um, be mean to somebody because they're arguing with their spouse at home and they took it out on the wrong person. Somebody uh, cuts somebody off and the other person yells at them. So I think the distinction is to, you know, he said in that, that dialogue there, he goes, you know, I'm a good person. Or I'm a bad person. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're, I think everybody's a good person innately. Your behavior at that time, you can give it a label. I acted stupid. I didn't think it through. Um, I was inconsiderate. I was not paying attention. I made a mistake, but that's your behavior. Brené Brown talks about a real, the real importance of talking about the fact that if I say to you, you know, I don't appreciate it when you yell at me, that's your behavior that I'm addressing. But if I say you're rude or unkind or an expletive, then I'm addressing now your identity, your who you are as a person, you're going to take it personally. So I would say when you're looking at yourself, go, you know what? Like, again, back to my golf, I'll hit a shot and I didn't plan for it. I didn't line it up properly and I hit it in the water. I hit a good shot, but I just didn't prepare properly because I was thinking or daydreaming or whatever. And I go, some people go, oh my God, I'm so stupid, right? right? right. Instead of saying, I prepared poorly, and I rushed the shot without looking at my alignment. I made a bad decision. That's not, that's just your behavior. And it gives you an opportunity to change, but you're not a stupid person. You just played a stupid shot or you didn't prepare. Yeah. So to me, there's a huge distinction there. I, I, one of my goals is to love myself and to be kind to myself, but to be the best version of myself. And that comes from breaking those distinctions apart. I'm a very kind, loving, considerate person. I don't always behave that way. That's uh, beautiful. That, that's a great rundown. That clip right there, folks, you need to listen to again and probably send it to somebody else who needs to hear that. It's a Ziegler quote. One of his the most famous failures, an event, not a person. Uh, all right. I'm going to end on one that in some ways is elementary, but it just comes back to reiterating what you have said, even in your own, what you do for your own, your own methodology, even so Frank, uh, Redivide, it looks like he says, I had a thriving business and I lost everything. I was defrauded, ripped off by my attorney and divorced all in the same month. I was severely depressed and had thoughts of ending it all. However, my faith in God would not let me. I worked out daily. I worked out on my mind, on my body, on my soul, and my financial situation. I developed a morning routine, and I feed myself with positive information daily. It has changed who I am, and I am stronger for going through it. I have built everything back. I am a different and better person. 
the people's ability to discount or have excuses. We know it's, it's dramatically high and yet there are things that we can all do. And I feel like almost maybe not everybody can live six minutes from a golf course and have their clubs ready, but everything that you attested to the majority of it, that you're doing on your bike or on the pathway or in your home and the declarations and the funny faces uh, that can be done by anybody, anywhere, no matter age, race, uh, uh, gender, socioeconomic Thank you. So just to that, to speak to you, I know you spent so much time in your messages on those are simple daily habits. And, and then we're just down to and anybody can do them. I don't think we can, we can differ. We can, uh, we need to debate that, but then we're down to motive. And I guess, I think I want to ask you to speak to that rock that there are some people out here. Some people listen to this show. They, they love this input. They love other input. It's, it's hopeful. It's, it's, positive entertainment at the worst maybe. Um, and, but they realize they are not making a change. They understand this. Okay. And maybe they've even tried a little bit, but you, I bet would look at them and you speak to this to, to varying degrees of, you know, their, their want is not big enough. Their hunger is not big enough. Well, I, I I've learned to have, instead of judgment, I've learned to have compassion on that because there are things in my own life where I realize, gosh, I want that. Why haven't I done it? I don't want it big enough. I don't want it bad yeah. enough. Why? what, what's your call to action for somebody like that? Who's standing out there, great intent, but they know that they know I'm not doing it. I'm not making that change. And I'm frustrated with myself. You know, I have some people that are quadrupling their business and guys that are worth a hundred million and they're opening all kinds of different businesses. And they're like, rock, you know, you should join us. You should come in on this venture. I either have a limiting belief around it or I have a different value system where I enjoy, you know, my family time and, I don't need a hundred million dollars to, to make my life feel like it has meaning. And I think we all have different levels. There's other people that, you know, they're happy making $40,000 a year or happy ish. Um, they're not ready to evolve past that. Not everybody can be the CEO of every company. You need employees, you need different people at different levels. So I can't really speak to that. I can only say to people, here's what worked for me as far as getting myself, because there's times I don't feel like doing the stuff that's required of the commitments that I've made. The best tool I've learned is to imagine yourself 5, 10, 15, or 20 years down the road and think, will I have a regret for not taking action, action now? Mm. And if you have no energy around that, you have no, no little goosebumps or anything like that, then maybe you're at the level you're supposed to be at. I don't know. But when I focus down the road and sometimes I think, you know, do I want to write another book? Do I want to, you know, play the piano? Do I want to work on my God? Do I want to have better communication with my daughter? And I think five or 10 years down the road, if I don't, will she not invite me to her wedding or whatever the case may be? It gives me energy and I'm able to move. So I would say that that's the trick I use. Imagine your future. And if you're okay with the path you're on, like, when it comes to my finances, I'm pretty happy with what I make with my finances. But I like a little bit more, yes. But to the point of giving up my meditation and my hobbies and things like that, no. Yeah. I make way more than I can spend. I can't, I can't even spend what I make. For a guy, I, I bike to, to the golf. I don't, you know, I don't drive a, a Maserati to the golf course. I bike because I can and because I value that. So I don't need a ton. But trust me, when I go on a vacation, yeah, I fly business class. And if I want to go to a nice restaurant, I do because I, that's what I value. So I think future pacing yourself into the future, 
and saying, is there any energy that I feel a gap if I don't take action today? That's what I do. I don't know what you do, but that's what I do. I love it. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to hear, man. Thank you for the 10 or so folks that we addressed. You just got, um, I don't know how much value. I don't know what you charge. Uh, It's priceless beyond whatever you would charge in, uh, counseling and guidance from rock Thomas, man. I appreciate that. Uh, Thanks to all the people who sent in such deep heartfelt testimonies here. It's, it's so inspiring. I think this will give permission to a lot of folks to take that step, do some future pacing, as you said, and figure out what they're going to do tomorrow to make it different than the day before. Rock, thanks for coming back again, giving me the time. I get to be the chief student. It is truly a gift. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You're just such a beautiful soul. So anytime, God bless. Thank you, Rock. Well, there you go, friends. Just incredible guidance and insight from Rock Thomas. Again, I really encourage you to get his book, The Power of Your Identity, free and take the life assessment at rockthomas.com. Coming up in show 681, we have our habits show, and I'm back with John Asaraf. John shares that every morning you come awake and your brain is ready for programming, and he's intent on how he will load his brain for optimal performance. I mean, hey, he is the brain training expert. If you didn't catch my main conversation with him in show 679, it was titled Change and Control the Negative Patterns in Your Mind. I'd highly encourage you to listen to it before this one. John in this show has some significant habits that I think will inspire you. He's 58 and after a six pack at 60 bet with some friends, he released, as he calls it, 45 pounds of fat off his body and now boasts a body fat percentage of under 12%. You'll hear how this brain expert primes his brain every morning. He guides his career trajectory by asking, what will he be trading his life for? That was a really great perspective. Uh, He's a hot sauce fanatic, an avid traveler and skier. And I think you'll be intrigued by how he reviews his weeks, his months, and his years. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Mm